it's not hyperbole when I tell you Mark Carroll is here and I don't know what I would do without him. Many years ago, um, you, most of you know my testimony when um, my first wife died in a car crash. It was a sudden um, horrific uh, trial that I found myself in. Uh, married with two small kids, a six and a four-year-old, and their mom was taken tragically from me. Um, the pastor of Bethany World Prayer Center uh, is where my parents were going to church, and I called my parents to tell them what had happened, and it, could they come about 150 miles away? Can you come and help me? I'm going to have to tell my children their mom is gone. And they were happened to be at at Bethany during that time, eight o'clock in the morning, being serving as volunteers. And, um, and Pastor Larry called me right away after my parents told them what I was going through. We didn't really have much of a relationship at that time. It, the Pastor Larry helped me through all of that time. And, and in fact, he helped me bury uh, my wife in Baton Rouge on the church grounds there at Bethany. And Mark Harrell was on staff at that time. And um, Mark and Jeanette, both wonderful people. And Mark was assigned the responsibility of helping this broken man recover. And I don't know how he got the assignment, and, um, but he stepped up to it. And I was kind of porcupinish during that time. I was a little, you didn't have to say that quite so loud. He said he was. <laughs> but during that time, you know, I woke up the, that morning, my wife is gone. And I know some of you have gone through things and you understand the, the devastating uh, battle of P PTSD. And, uh, well, I was suffering from the shock and my babies are crying and my number one goal was to make it through the day without my kids seeing that my life was devastated. So I just, back in those days, we didn't understand a lot about grief counseling and all that kind of stuff. So I just, like some of you have done through tragedies in your life, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps, became unemotional. And I decided that I didn't want to talk about it because if I talked about what was happening and how I was feeling, then I would be upset. My kids then would all lose their peace. And so um, when people try to get me to talk about it or try to go to counseling, I'm like, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And that's, so I put, built a shell around me. I don't recommend that as treatment these days, but that's what I did. And so Mark, uh, just a wonderful blessing he was to me at that time because I say this about Mark. You'll see that he's, that Mark is, he, he's, he's gentle and he's kind and, and he's annoying. <laughs> so we've been knowing each other for 35 years, everybody. And Mark is the most positive person that I know. And that's annoying. Okay, so have you ever been around somebody when you're devastating and, and they are so positive that you're like, would you stop? I say of Mark, he, 
internally he's a bulldog, externally he's a golden retriever. That's the way he is. But I thank God for it because when I would be struggling and devastated and battling through it, he would pull me up. And I don't know how many times he pulled me into a prayer room. I don't know how many times he got me up in the morning and saying, hey, we're going to go work out today. And we would go to the gym and work out. And then uh, we have so many stories that some can be shared here and some cannot be shared here. But it's just, you know, when you have a friend that you thank God who took the assignment, got down in the dirty with you and helped you out, that's what my friend Mark Harrell has done for me. And he, uh, when we, 33 years ago, Mark moved from Baton Rouge to Somerset, Kentucky, in a very rural area of southeast Kentucky. And he's, he and Jeanette have planted an incredible church there. It's a very significant church in a small rural uh, town. And uh, their church has grown uh, massively. I don't even know how many, how many counties do y'all pull people from. Last count, I think it was like 16 or 18, seven counties. Okay, well, that's hyperbole. The other was not. Um, Everybody, um, he he planted a great church. Um, They started a Christian school. If you know much about Kentucky, the public school system there is probably one of the uh, worst in the nation. They started a Christian school there with 500 students. He planted that, raised that. Also, he has a, um, a revival network for pastors, a statewide ministry going on. And uh, Mark, when we moved here, he became one of our presbyters. Now, if you're new to the church, let me tell you, uh, we are an independent church, and independent churches need accountability. Um, because independent churches that live only to themselves and there's no accountability, what happens if a crisis happens? What happens if there's a moral failure? How, how do, does a church survive? And Mark is one of our presbyters. And so you say, well, I don't see him very much. I don't know him that well. Well, I know him and he knows me. And our board is well aware that if something were to happen, God forbid I was to get in a wreck, He'd be the first person that, that they would call. And, and this board of presbyters, three, Hal Santos, my pastor Larry Stockstill, and Mark Harrell would help navigate us through. You ought to thank God that he's willing to serve Christian life that way behind the scenes, everybody. And so I just want uh, you this morning to just receive from this a uh, great man of God who is a very dear friend. Uh, Christian life probably wouldn't be in existence because I don't know where I would be without Mark and his timely intervention and love and care and concern for me and Carrie. He was the best man in our wedding, stood right next to me when I said I do to the beautiful one on the front row. And uh, thank God for that. Everybody... Would you just kind of stand on your feet? Let's give a little bit of honor to this man of God and welcome Mark Harrell to the, to the ministry. Thank you. Hey, come on, let's give Jesus the glory. Come on, let's praise him. 
Yeah. You may be you may be seated. Yeah. I want my wife of almost 42 years. Would she stand up again? Let's welcome Jeanette. She's right there. She really is my better half, or I should say my best half. How about that? And all the men that are married say, that's not bad. All right, you're teaching these men good, Ron. That's awesome. We have uh, three grown sons, uh, all in ministry. We have three wonderful daughters in love. That's what we call them. They married well, godly women. We have grandbaby number nine coming at the beginning of the year. How about that? So we have to go to them. They're scattered about serving the Lord and ministry and so forth. And just want to encourage families, men, set the pace for your family. Set the pace. You lead them to the house of God. And of course, we were ministers, but we just had our children involved in everything helping and therefore serving God. It just became, this is our life. And they're doing that and following suit with ministry, with missions. In fact, our oldest grandson just turned 11. And he's gone on the mission field with his parents. And then another time just with his dad to Uganda. On the 26th, he's going to Uganda without mom and dad for five weeks. He's 11 taking his schoolwork with him. He can't wait to get in the dirt with the kids and play with them again. So let your life bear fruit by setting the example. Set the example. We love Brother Ron, Miss Carrie, and their family. Come on, can we give them a hand clap again? You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, Brother Ron makes it sound like it was an assignment that I had, but... Man, I just wanted to spend time with Brother Ron going through that. Um, it just was extremely rough time. Never give up on anyone in a crisis. And I remember the turning point. I think I shared this four years ago, Ron, when you were on your sabbatical, whatever I was teaching on. But it's probably two, two and a half months after the tragedy. So just take note of that. When someone goes through the, a tragedy, that's kind of the bottom point, Okay. That, you know, everybody shows up at first, but it's that two-month, two-and-a-half-month time where just reality has set in. So we had scheduled to meet up in the prayer room, and Ron, you know, had a guitar. Do you ever lead with a guitar now or play for the church? Oh, my goodness. All right. He plays the guitar, and I said, Ron, bring your guitar up the up prayer room. We're going to spend some time together. You know, so... He came up, and it just it was just just rough, just rough. So I said, Holy Ghost, help. <laughs> help, help, help. And I said, so we talked, and I said, come on, Ryan, get the guitar. We're, you're going to play. We're going to worship a little bit. And he, he goes, I don't want to. It's okay. And he just kind of backed away. So we talked around. I said, come on. We're and I mean, he's in my face. I don't want to. I'm angry, mad, whatever. And I thought, okay, here we go. Bulldog came out, <laughs> and I kind of got back. I said, I didn't ask you if you wanted to. I said, we're going to. He's worthy, and it was almost a fist fight, okay? I mean, really, it was loud and this, but we're friends, so finally, he got it out, and I still see it. 
he just strummed a G, a G chord and he broke and I broke and the Holy Ghost fell and I just backed up. And for an hour, he just strummed and the Holy Spirit ministered to him. And it was, it was a turning point. And from that point, he started to just come up. Aren't you glad your pastor is a fighter and a lover of God? Give him a hand clap. Okay. Uh, wow. What a joy being here, seeing what the Lord has done. Ah, it makes me happy. All right. If you want scripture to know where we're going to be, we're going to be in Exodus 33 and Ezekiel 47. If you want to open your Bible, open your iPad, your phone, just open your eyes, make sure you're alert. We will intertwine New Testament as well, and I'll, I'll move fast. But I want to talk today about carry the presence. Carry the presence. I'm not going to teach you some new marvel of truth. I want to just reinforce what you know. And let's ask each other, hey, let's do this even more. You know, there's no greater privilege than being a host to God himself. Would you agree? Neither is there a greater responsibility, such a responsibility. Everything about him is extreme. I love that last song, More Than Able. He is extreme and he wants to do even more than we see right now. He's overwhelmingly good. He's awe-inspiring. He's powerful, but he's gentle. He's perfect while embracing us with all our imperfections. Let me put it this way, embracing me in all my imperfections. Yet few of us out in the world really are aware about continually hosting him. You host the Holy Ghost, the presence of God, wherever you are, whatever you do. The idea of hosting God may even sound strange. He owns everything, including our bodies. Why does he need permission to do that? But he's a gentleman. He'll not force himself, and he's waiting for you to open your life, open your heart, and say, Lord, whatever I do today, I want to host you well. Host you well. So bringing heaven to earth by hosting, carrying his presence, is not, it's not a daydream, okay, folks? It's not a daydream. It's part of your assignment. Let me pray as we begin. Father, I thank you for this awesome church. Christian Life Church, their heritage, what you're doing, what you're in the midst of doing now, what you're going to do as we continually host you and all of God's people say, Amen. okay, Exodus 33, if you've turned there, why don't you say this confession while we're getting ready to go after this, say, we are well able to host the Lord. We are well able to carry the presence very good. So I've, I've set you up. You've, you've taken the bait. So we're going to do it. Hallelujah. This chapter, Moses is experiencing the presence of God in a tent of meeting, in a tent, actually talking to God face to face. Do you ever think about that when you read that in the Old Testament, what that must have been like? But he had to go outside the camp to a tent for this experience. Moses loved that experience, but he had an issue to talk to God about. I hope we talk to God about our issues. 
Get a tissue, get over your issue, talk to God, it's going to be all right. So let me begin in verse 11 of Exodus 33. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to camp. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, Lord, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. I mean, how, how are you doing this with me? I, I'm doing this, but how do I convince them? You have said, I know you. I know you, Moses, by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. They would often play ping pong with that, especially in a rough moment. He, Moses would say, God, they're your people. And God would say, they're your people. So he's already doing it right here. They're your people, God. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you. And here's a great thing. When his presence goes with you, guess what? You're going to have some rest. You're going to have rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Good thing to remember in the morning when you're going out, Lord, be with me. I want to represent you. I want to host you well. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? I love this next sentence. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth. It's his presence in your life. I mean, it's, you're a living, walking testimony. You are a billboard of the greatness of God. The issue, God, Moses is saying, is not that we don't meet. The issue is I got to go out there. I got to leave this tent and I've got to go deal with the nasty now and now, all the stuff I've got to deal with. And I don't want my interaction with you here at this wonderful tent of meeting, I need you out there. And I hope that's all of our testimony. He's saying, God, I love this time of worship with you and speaking to you, but I deal with life and all the responsibilities. Now let's put it in a parallel illustration with us. I love church. I love being in church. And everybody says, amen. I mean, just, I love it. I'm surrounded with community, with family. I love the instruments in the worship team. Can we give the worship team a hand clap? Wasn't that awesome? I love it. I love it. But they don't follow me around all week long. I've got life out there. Mondays are coming, and I've got work, or I've got school. I've got challenges to face. And I need something to carry me or be with me all week long. I can't live perpetually in the tent for you and I in church because we have life. Moses felt that way right here in Exodus. Do you ever feel that way? Come on, be honest. What a novice thought to be honest in church. You ever feel that way? Okay. It's like, okay, his presence but then I go out there and I leak. I leak the presence and other stuff gets on me. Let me bring this alive for you. Several months back, we were remodeling a church. We used to have, they called it a tape room. Is anybody old enough to remember what a tape room was in the foyer? And the, 
and sermons would be on a cassette tape. And then we got really fancy. We went to CDs. Wow. And so all that's going on. But then as people began growing in technology and their ability to use it in their smartphones and so forth and the messages on lines, that got less and less and less. And, and um, after COVID, basically that just shut down because everybody's having to watch online for a season. So we wanted to take that room, knock it out, and build a really nice, basically like a Starbucks type of coffee area when you came in the fall. It turned out really neat. So they're getting ready to tear it out and all that. The crew is there getting ready to work. And so there's different cabinets and drawers. And I open them and go, oh, wait, 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 wait. I don't want to just throw this stuff away. So I took all the cassettes we could find, CDs, even some materials. I said, let me just put it in my office. I want to go through it and archive anything that I want to keep, some of our presbyters or something like that. So I did that, and I'm going through it real fast. It didn't take long. Now, picture this cart, but about four times the size, big cart on wheels. A few things that I'm keeping going here. Everything else that's going to be thrown away that one time represented presence, represented God doing something from way back, it going to the garbage because we don't need it anymore. Are you with me? So I loaded it down. It's a beautiful day. I go out the foyer, go down the, you know, our property's all sloped. I'm going to go to the dumpster. It's way away. I'm going through the parking lots, an asphalt parking lot, not paying any attention. And I'm pulling this and it's kind of rough. And I'm just, you know, having a good old time. And I get to the dumpster, whoops, hit my foot, get to the dumpster I opened the lid, and I look back, and our youth pastor, I see him coming, kind of follow me, and he's bending over, and he's picking up, and I'm going, what is Ryan doing? And then I realized, because it was not valuable, and I wasn't being careful with it, and because I had so much on it, and it's a bumpy road, stuff was falling off everywhere, okay? Just so I'm laughing, he's laughing, and the Holy Spirit spoke right there. That's how it is with you when you leak, when you're not aware that you're carrying me. If I'm valuable to you, you're going to do this. You're going to be very careful because I'm valuable. You're aware of my presence and you're ushering in my presence wherever you go. You know, think about a parent with a newborn baby or up to about age two. They got their baby in their stroller. They're not going through the parking lot like this with their baby. At least I hope not. We'll counsel you right after service if you do. What are they doing? They're doing this. They, they want everybody to see what they're carrying. And they're checking because it's so valuable. How valuable is God's presence to you. Back to Exodus 33, verse 17. And the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to do the very thing you ask because I'm pleased with you and I know you by name. God says, you got it. My presence is going with you. And that's what carried him through that extended time. Now in the Old Testament, the spirit of God would come upon different ones for an empowering moment, right? Empowering them for the moment. Since Jesus has been resurrected and he's gone to heaven, what has he sent? 
Holy Spirit, and you can invite him in your life. He's there with your salvation and then asking him to infill you. And he's in you. I said he's in you, not just on you for a moment, but he's in you. So hear me. We are well able to carry the presence. I love church. I love worship, teaching, community, and all that God does in each of us at the tent of meeting, at church, when we offer up the sacrifice of praise like we were doing this morning. People have been forever changed at the tent of meeting at church. How many of you had an encounter with God, your salvation, infilling of spirit, a miracle? Come on, raise your hand. Something happened to you. See that? Most of you had that experience here in the house. I believe in God at the tent. Hebrews 10, forsake not the assembling of the saints, as is the manner of some. We've seen that really affect different ones since COVID. What we experience today is absolutely necessary. Now, a New Testament scripture, Romans 12.1. Let me read it out of the ESV. I want you to see this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So presenting my body, holy, it's spiritual worship, not just physical, spiritual. So here's the challenge for all of us, for me. What we call our experience today is worship. How is worship today? I hope you've experienced the Lord. Come on, it's great. And I love this. I want it to expand. I want it to grow in my life for all of us. But do we call everything out there and out there and there and there? Do we call tomorrow's responsibility worship? Do we? But if I've obeyed this verse and I've dedicated my body to the Lord, everything I do is worship. See, we create an expectation, and please do, when there's music and instruments and we're gathered together in the synergy. I love it. Where two or three are gathered, guess what? He's there. Let your anticipation even rise more. Why not today? I believe some brother Ron got a miracle today. When you got up here and the faith you were releasing, I believe that. So trust the Lord. Keep doing it. But listen. We're not dualistic people. We're not spiritual than secular. Or even worse, we're not spiritual than carnal. Now that's religion to the max. See, worship, this is a, a point that'll come up on the screen. Worship is not merely something we do with music. It's something we do with sacrifice. Because I don't know about you, but I have to choose sacrifice often. Had to this week in a situation. You choose sacrifice. Let me give you an example because sacrifice is often a misunderstood word. Sacrifice is saying, because I carry the presence, who I am at this moment is so crucial. Now, I don't mean that as a heavy or you got to be way down, oh, I'm carrying the presence. It's no fun. No, it's fun. Last December, my oldest son who lives in Louisville, uh, people up there that are like family as well, which we're glad, uh, particular family. It's like surrogate grandparents to my grandchildren. I love it because we don't get to be there enough. 
And so the surrogate grandmother wanted to take the children ice skating as, as part of their gift for Christmas, about a week before Christmas, skating rink up there. So the grandchildren at the time would have been 10 and six and three, probably that age. So they're ice skating, just having a great time. And this lady's very athletic, uh, you know, extremely. She's on the mission trips all the time in her 60s. But 20 years ago, she had an accident riding a horse, was thrown and weakened a hip. So she's good at ice skating. They're just having fun. But somehow in a curve, something happened where her feet locked up and she had a hard fall and broke her hip. I meant broke it. She was determined because this was her thing to get the kids there. She was not going to allow my grandkids to see her in pain. So all the kids came up real fast and they call her grandnie and they call my wife Grammy. So whenever at that house, they go grandnie when they're trying to do a distinction. And she's, look, she's in excruciating pain. She says, oh, hadn't this been fun? Grimacing in pain. I can't wait for us to do this again. She went on and on about how wonderful this experience has been. So a few, of course, the ambulance comes and all that. So a few days later, when they're at our house, I wanted to see if that really had traumatized them. I said, tell me, how is granny? I heard she fell. Oh, she's going to be fine. She just fell, kind of hurt herself a little bit. We had a great time. You know why? She was carrying the presence. And even in the midst of pain and her suffering, she was determined to affect someone else positive. Now that's sacrifice. Sacrifice is not just letting somebody in front of you with your car. <laughs> and please do, don't run them down. I recommend letting, letting them in. <laughs> You know, sacrifice is not just opening the door. I, that, please, we need, sacrifice is I carry the Lord in everything I do. Am I representing him in a way that people say, I want what you have? Who you are is such, I'm just drawn to you because of something you carry. We're all carrying something. I sure hope it's the Lord. Think about it. Mm -mm -mm. Help us, Lord. So, many believers, good people, have conditioned themselves to believe that only atmosphere in here can something really happen. Only in this atmosphere is the Lord really present on my life. And I absolutely need him in here. That's why I love gathering, because I desperately need him out there. Absolutely here, but desperately out there. And with Jesus in the center, I'm to be a living sacrifice not just a Sunday morning safe environment. Everybody loves the same thing. When Jesus is the Lord of your life, you understand your assignment. Everything is spiritual. Everything is sacrifice. Why? Because you carry his presence. Picture this. The presence of God can be hosted by you by me so significantly that he actually then lives through you. He lives through you. It's not canceling out who you are, your personality. No, 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 no. 
It's empowering you. It's capturing all that you are to the fullest, but you're immersed in his divine influence. It's through their personality, their giftings, their demeanor, all those things that become expressed by God through you. Wow, what an awesome assignment. You should be saying, I can't wait for Monday morning. It's quiet in here. Help me, Lord. Look, then favor takes over. Think about Gideon, mighty man of valor. He's hiding in the wine, wine press, just threshing out a little wheat. And, and God did such a work in him leading a group. Come on. Why? Because of the presence. I want you to become the fullest version of yourself. The one God intended when you were knit in your mother's room. Okay. Let his presence fill you so fully that that identity, that true identity comes forth. Then the smallest detail of your life is worship. In fact, Jesus said, if you give a cup of cold water to someone in my name, you've done it unto me. Not only that, you're going to get a reward. Hmm. Think about it. You do sacred work. What all the people did up here with their instruments and so forth, that's awesome. But maybe they work in an office or the medical field or whatever you do tomorrow. How many of you say are in some area of construction? Let me see your hand. If you're in construction, electrical work, all that, okay, great. How many in the medical field? Let me see your hand. Okay. How about some type of management in an office or uh, watching over people? Okay. That's just as important just as important with this. Whoever might be speaking up here, it's great, but what you do is so vital and just as important because you carry his presence. God cares about quality construction, quality office workers, quality medical needs being met, on and on. Pull your life, your whole life, into a kingdom of God mission. That's worship. That's worship. May the Lord help us see that more and more. Here's an illustration of someone who got it and just immediately went to it. John 1, verse 40. Andrew. We know a little about, about Andrew, but we know a lot more about his brother Peter. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. So, I mean, God saved, born again transformed and the conviction, whatever all you want to say, there's a change that happened when he heard about Jesus. The first thing Andrew did, the first thing, I said the first thing was find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. He brought Peter to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you're Simon, Son of John, you will be called Cephas, which translated means Peter. What did Andrew do? Oh, unspoken prayer request. <laughs> I'm afraid somebody might not like me now that serve Jesus. They won't let me play golf with them anymore. But I mean, you know, we could go on out. Nobody do. I'm going to go find my knot-headed brother because he's a mess. And I'm going to represent Jesus and I'm going to bring him to Jesus. And Peter... Even though he had all kinds of issues. Man, what a powerful example of a disciple of the Lord. Come on. We're going to represent him well. We're going to do things 
for the Lord in a greater way. I absolutely love it. And the only way many will experience the kingdom, like we've had a taste so far today, worship our interaction, is if I believe I'm bringing the kingdom as a living sacrifice. Tomorrow, wherever you go, today, wherever you go, I'm bringing the kingdom as a living sacrifice. It's not about me or my comfort or even what I want. It's about me representing him. A classic book that'll bring a lot of conviction is called Practice the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. Has anyone ever heard of that book? Let me see your hand. Okay, several, man, powerful. So for me, I say, Lord, I want any hypocrisy just remove from my life, remove it. If I'm convinced and convicted, his presence goes with me. That can happen. What you believe, what you believe matters. What you believe matters. If you believe you play basketball, that your team is going to lose, you'd hate to disappoint yourself and actually win a game. Really? I mean, what you believe matters. So you unlock the door for God's kingdom to flow through you if you believe. And the truth is you can continually carry his presence. So Lord, let it it expand in my life. Let it expand here for the church. What a great church. The great commission in Matthew 28. The Lord said, surely I am with you. Oh, come on, somebody. Get the correlation there. Can you hear the heartbeat of God? Hey, I want you to disciple nations. And what I said to Moses back in Exodus 33, I say to you, I'm with you. He's with you. Now, Ezekiel 47. Let us move to that. This will be the rest of our time today. And I'm going to start reading immediately. Exodus 47, verse 1. Look at this metaphor and see if, let it come alive. The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple. So it's not a tent anymore. It's not a tabernacle. They're all the way into a temple. And I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. I mean, it being very specific of directions there. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. And the water was trickling from the south side. Everybody say trickling. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubics and led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubics, went a little bit further, led me through water that was knee deep. He did it again, and it's now waist deep. He measured off another thousand. Now it was a river. Everybody say river. I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. A river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Church, do you see this? I want you to see what we're talking about. He led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down to the Arabah where it enters the Dead Sea. 
When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish. No, Brother Ron, you can't go there, okay? You can't go there today. There will be a large number of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, where his presence flows, everything will live. The word fresh there in the Hebrew is the exact word healed. Oh, I love it. Lord wants to use you in healing. Fishermen will stand along the shore from Engedi to Ineglium. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds. And Brother Ron is probably thinking of all the kinds he'd like to catch right now. That's good. Like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. Uh-oh, verse 11. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They're going to just be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. My wife says she doesn't want a fruit tree. She wants a chocolate tree. Can I hear an amen? Okay. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because of the water from the sanctuary. Said that high because I want you to get it. Flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Okay, I read a lot of scripture. Normally I don't do that much, but you needed that. So Ezekiel says, this water starts out as a trickle. It trickles out from under the sanctuary door, seeping out from under the door. Folks, that's not normal what's, what he's describing here, okay? The further it went, the higher, the deeper, the wider it got. If you know anything about water, <laughs> it's just going to disperse and find the lowest spot. It's not going to, it doesn't do that. Would you agree? The seeping becomes a river. From a trickle, seeping, transformed to a river. Okay, question time. Here's your test. What's the source of the river? I heard it over here. Well, presence, but where did it come from? From the sanctuary. Where are you right now? You're in the sanctuary, the living room, the house of God. It was the source for this trickling to begin right there. It's flowing from the sanctuary. It's flowing from the word. It's flowing from the worship, from our community, our relationships, the discipleships. But it's leaving here and going out there and changing an area, changing the world where it's located, people out there. And the further it got from the temple, from the house of God, the deeper the water got. So let me put it this way. The greatest miracles start in here. <laughs> what did you sing? What was the last song? What was the name of it? Hmm. Do we just sing it because we like it? <laughs> it's got a nice little tune. Or do we, are we convinced? Because I care. Some of you are going to be facing some situations this week. People need a breakthrough. Maybe you're in your own household. You need a breakthrough. And he's more than able because you carry his presence. So the greatest miracles start here, but really in essence should happen out there. 
from our yielded lives together, us as living sacrifices, the seeping begins. And then it's to pick up momentum. Notice everyone who gets in that river that flows from the sanctuary, they got healed. Ooh, I like that. But again, verse 11, but swamps and marshes will not become fresh. That will be left for salt. Bring up that picture of that marsh. Okay, Pastor Ron and myself, we grew up in Louisiana, not too far from each other. And this was a common scene. Actually, on our property that we still own in Louisiana, we have some marshes like that. Um, it's not a good place to go fish, though, unless you're looking for snakes, alligators, frogs. Ugh, it, it's nasty, okay? And it, nothing happens there of life because the water is flowing, and in a marsh or a swamp, it goes in, but you know what? doesn't have an outlet. It just flows in, and it stops. Hmm. It's not supplying life. It's not carrying up any presence beyond what it received. And Ezekiel depicts those marshes, even though they receive the same water that's in the rivers, because they have no outlet, because they're not aware of their opportunity, they don't heal, they don't heal nothing. Everybody say nothing. Now, where does the water come from that ends up in the swamps and the marshes? From the sanctuary. Hmm. Same source. And Ezekiel's metaphor, because the river went in, couldn't get out, it didn't do a cotton-picking thing at all. So, next slide. In other words, the healing qualities of the river are in its movement, in its active life application and involvement. Not just receiving and acknowledging. Now, I grew up in a denominational church. Good people. They've been all ages. I'm thinking of some of the older ones. And they come week by week. And they sit there and go, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Amen. Leave. Not affect anyone. Come back the next week. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it just, they weren't affecting anybody. They weren't hosting his presence. They didn't realize the Holy Ghost wanted to flow through them and do something powerful out there. Wow. Here's even a deeper thought. Think about the water that we can't be seen. Yet it's affecting the trees. Wow. Those trees are feeding from the water in the river. You don't see it because the roots go down deep. You don't even see all the people you're affecting. If you carry him well, believe me, they're sucking the life from your spirit in a good way. They're receiving from you. Those trees are growing because their roots go down deep into the bedrock of those rivers. And they're pulling out the water. Your life is affecting people you don't even know. And the effect of that constant connection to the river, they are bearing fruit every month. And fruit is not for the benefit of a tree. If you have any fruit trees, 
and you don't pick the fruit, after a while, the branches start breaking, right? Fruit is for others to come and partake of and enjoy. Anyone who eats the leaves from the tree has the same manifestation as being in the river. And in Revelations 22, the leaves are for the healing of the nations. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Why am I talking about these metaphors? They're true life examples. Do we take our experience and our worship and our teaching and our small groups and everything we experience in here in the community out there? Are they, okay, Martha, that's good. Let's go home. The choice is mine. Really, the choice is all of us. What do we, what do we carry out? What stays with us all week? How, how do I nurture that in my time with the Lord? What do I do to reinforce day by day I am carrying here? All I'm saying is we can carry the presence. And our highlight should be out there. God wants people saved. God wants nations and people group, every tribe and tongue nation reached. God's presence in here. God's presence continually transforming our life. God's word is our sure foundation. And you go and recognize moments for God to move out in the highways and hedges of life. Let's not minimize what happens here. Matter of fact, let, let's let it grow deeper. Come on, are you with me? Let's do more. Let's expand more. I just want my own personal seeping to even grow more out there. Anybody else with me on that? You know, maybe whatever you do tomorrow, maybe that crazy prophet Ezekiel got you stirred up. I believe his presence is with me. Now, let me give you a hint. I love hints. I love simple how-tos. Do we have anybody in here who's in real estate? If you are, raise your hand. Anybody in real estate? See a couple of hands? Okay. What are the three laws of real estate? I heard it. Say, ma'am. Location, location, location. Let's give her a hand clap. She yelled it out. I love it. Let me give you the three laws of relationship with impact. Because that's what it's going to take. Relationship with impact. You ready? Observation, observation, observation. Look for the moment. Don't be so consumed. Look, look. Something my wife did when COVID hit, and we're very proactive. We were encouraging people, if you have any health concern, be careful, stay home, whatever you do, but we were out everywhere, okay? So Walmart was an essential business. Praise God in Kentucky, we got a law passed that churches are essential. So if there's ever anything, we can still function. So I'm excited about that. But my wife could see the different cashiers, the stress, the burden. And when something touches her heart and she starts crying, and I just got to back up and let her just have it, whatever she's got to do. So she was trying to go around and personally get to know the different cashiers. Hey, how can I pray for you? What, what, what can I do for you? Because most of them just get fussed at because they're not fast enough. Come on. What can I do for you? So she would find out their names, find out different things. 
And then next time we go, she would bring them gifts. <laughs> bring them gifts. Hey, look, I remember you said this, and look, I got this for you. But and observation. So now she goes in Walmart, they're yelling, over here, <laughs> come over here. Observation. Does anybody want to be used of the Lord? Let me see your hand. All it takes is carry him and observe. Just observe what's going on in people's lives. I'm a river. There are streams flowing out through me. Maybe you work in a business or you own a business and you've got that, but you're an example. You're disguised as an ambassador of good news. I'm a living sacrifice full of his presence. I'm a holy offering to God. And you don't know what might happen. People might just walk through the river of your life just by you, and they just got to talk. They've got to express themselves. Listen, his presence, your understanding, you're carrying his presence, makes you relevant. Oh, but I don't know all the Bible. I don't know all the Bible. Well, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at it either. I mean, come on, let's quit the excuse. His presence will flow through you and make you very, make you very relevant. So this is not a message. It's really a commissioning. I want you to seep out the door and just let the presence grow and grow and grow where you become a river. What did Jesus have to say about it? One more verse couple will be finished. John 7, verse 38, 39. Jesus said, believe in me so that rivers of living water. I thought I'd get an amen. I'll try again. Okay. <laughs> believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from where? Within you. Flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that believers were being prepared to receive, but the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out upon them because Jesus had not yet been unveiled in his full splendor. Guess what? He's done that now. He has sent the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children, for all those who are far off, as many as will call on the name of the Lord. Moses carried the presence. All of us can carry the presence. Music team, come on back up. Being filled with the Spirit is, listen, it's more than pointing to an experience. Oh, yes, I got the Holy Ghost in 1974. Well, that's great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but listen, it's not measured by what I can contain. It should be by what I allow to flow through me. Another screen, only in the continual overflow of his presence through our lives are we really truly full of the Holy Spirit. And it's in that condition that we're most likely to be able to bring others into an encounter with God. Tell you what, if you've never had the opportunity to lead someone to Christ or see someone grow in the Lord or lead someone in the baptism of the Holy Spirit or pray with someone for a breakthrough and watch God move, you're missing out on life. It's more fun than Disney World. It's more fun fishing. Sorry, Brother Ron. It's more fun than, I mean, it, it, there's a, it's a joy. It's not, 
doesn't just make you happy, it's a joy that the world can't give and the world cannot take it away. Psalm 16, eight, because you're close to me and always available, my confidence never gonna be shaken. Why? I experience your wraparound presence every moment. My confidence is not, not gonna be shaken. Very last slide, truthfully. Here's the truth. We will always release the reality of the world we're most aware of. That's your day. So let me ask you, who are you? Are. Thank you, Lord. You're so wonderful. Man, you're doing a work in my life. Flow through me, Lord. Let, let, me, let me observe. Thank you for what I received at church and my small group and worship community. Lord, you're just helping me to have such a heart for what's important to you because I carry your presence. I want to be a living sacrifice. So, Lord, I, I'm, I'm going to be delicate with what I'm carrying today because it's so important. And I love you, Lord, with all my heart. Can we stand? Can I lead us in a prayer? And I'm going to ask Brother Ron then to come take it. Pray this with me. Holy Spirit, I need a fresh encounter with you today. I do not want to move forward with a stale experience or a limited understanding. I want to be an open conduit of your presence. I want to carry your presence wherever I go. I am well able. I recognize. Thank you for my assignment. And I love you, Jesus, with all my heart. Can we give the Lord a hand clap? Any good? All right. Thank you, Mark. Yes, sir. You want to take your cart? Yeah. Why? 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 You know, I love when guest speakers come. Uh, Carry him oftentimes well. Sometimes they just give a message, but I love when pastors come and they challenge us to live what God has done inside of us outside. And um, so, you know, Mark gave so many metaphors. I, I love the one about, hey, we just want to see you seeping out the door. <laughs> the presence of God going with you. You know, um, you may be in here, and the reason why you're here is because you have an Andrew in your life, a brother or a sister that says, hey, I met Jesus. My life's been changed. Why don't you come and see? And I just, before we leave, I want to give anybody an opportunity. If you're here and you want to get right with God, it may be something as simple as you just today saying a prayer just between you and him and saying, God, I want your presence in me. I want you to deliver me from my past. So would you take a moment, everybody, just bow your heads. And let's just take a moment and respond to the Lord. If you're in here and you'd say, Ron, I'm so far away from God. 
but I feel a conviction. I feel the Lord is ministering to me. Would you, would you pray with me? I want to pray with you. I'm going to do it right where you're standing. We're not going to embarrass you or force anything upon you. But if that's you in here, um, or maybe you're watching online and you'd like to surrender your life to the Lord, would you just lift a hand up? Is there anybody like that in this room right now? Okay, there's, I see a couple people just lifting their hands up. This is so precious for us. You know, God, for, forgive us if we get in so much of a hurry that we just want to beat a crowd to a restaurant when there's people that want to get right with God. And can you thank God that there are actually people that are raising their hand and want to be prayed with to have a relationship with God? You know, I came to the Lord because a friend, a brother, he said, hey, I want you to come and see the Jesus that I've met. Maybe you're in here like that today. Let's pray with these people that raise their hand. Come on, we're going to do it in unison. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, but I want you to pray it from your heart and mean what you say. Come on, everybody, let's pray this. God, I need you in my life. I'm so thankful that you know who I am. And you have confirmed that you care about me in so many ways. And today I come to you. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sin. I'm opening up my life to you. Let your presence come in me. Save me from my sin. The penalty of my rebellion. Deliver me from my unbelief. I put my trust in Jesus who died on the cross. The one who rose from the dead. And I give my life to you today. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Do you know there's some people that prayed that and their lives are going to be different from this day on as they move forward? If you prayed that prayer and you really meant it, I want to challenge you to come and see me or someone on our team that's here in the front. If you're uncomfortable with that, hey, you can just go online. You just scan it. And there's a place where we ask you, did you have an encounter with God today or how, whatever need you have? And let us follow up with you. Hey, everybody, somebody surrendered their life to the Lord today. Can we give God praise to that? Amen. Hey, Mark and Jeanette, uh, they're a gift to Christian life. Mark's going to be with our staff tomorrow training and helping us just grow. It's good to hear from other people. Let's give an appreciation for Mark and Jeanette, too. Amen. Hey, God, hey, God is good, everybody. Come on, let the river of God flow in, out of your life into the life of someone else. That's your commission this week. God bless you, everybody. Have a great week and send us a testimony because miracles are about to happen. God bless you. You're missed, everybody. God bless you.